Well, I mean, Bucks and six. I mean, what else was I supposed to say? We're going to lose and we're going to get swept? I mean, yeah, Bucks and six always. That's, that's for the culture. What's going on, Bucks fans? We're back with another great episode of the Ike Bucks podcast. My name is KJ Ikestead, and I'll be your host. And today, we have another amazing episode for you guys. We are going to run down by going over the Drew Holiday extension. We're going to talk about the Bucks' big three. How good can they be? Uh, does the extension change anything in terms of outlook? Uh, we're going to go over some recent games, good bucks, bad bucks, one of our favorite segments, and then we're going to finally announce the winner of the signed official Chris Middleton Nike jersey. That is going to be unbelievable. You won't want to miss that. And uh, I'm joined today by my great co-host, Alex Eichstead. Alex, how you doing? Doing well. Coming off that Bucks win against Sacramento. It's feeling good. You know, Drew Holiday extension, ready to dive into that. Bucks. A lot of optimism might be clicking at the right time. Let's talk. Exactly. So the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks fans know that the team was rolling. They had one of their worst stretches in the entire Bud era in which they lost five straight games. But since then, they ended up busting out like 12 out of 13 victories where the team was just, you know, one loss in there to the Nuggets on the road. Or sorry, that was actually at home. But really, they rattled off uh, a great response, I'll call that. Before dropping three straight games, they, they dropped a few versus the Celtics, the Knicks, and the Clippers uh, before responding with three straight wins over the Lakers, Trailblazers, and Knicks. Or sorry, Kings all on this road trip. And Al, you know, I'm just going to toss it to you. Are the Bucks peaking at the right time? How do you feel about the team? Like, is this uh, is this some good energy that we're going to want to sustain, or, or do you think there's still kind of another lapse and then, and then uh, you know another run in this team before the playoffs? I like the energy that's that I'm seeing right now. Like the Bucks, they look like they're a dangerous team. I think the league has kind of noticed this uh, because all of a sudden the Bucks are one and a half games behind first place in the conference. Mm-hmm. They're well within striking distance, and there's a ton of ton of games left to play. But also, the fact that the Bucks can get the job done against Portland in smooth fashion when they have Giannis, and then also get the job done on the road against Sacramento when they don't have Giannis, mm-hmm. I feel pretty good about the consistency, and I really liked the fact that the Bucks inked Drew Holiday to their long-term extension. Uh, KJ, what do, you, what do you think about the extension of Drew Holiday? Well, Bucks fans, you know, the extension, I'm ecstatic about it. Uh, Drew Holiday, actually, if you've listened to Ike Bucks for a long time, he's one of those guys who's been on our radar for years now. You know, he was on one of those deals where the salaries looked like to be lining up, making in that, you know, 20 to $25 million range. And finally, this offseason, the Bucks ended up swinging for the fences and trading all the draft capital from now until the end of time to bring Drew Holiday in when he's only on essentially an expiring deal with the player option. So it's very, very, very risky. He's exactly the kind of player we want in Milwaukee. He's a two-way athletic point guard who's a ball handler who can play defense, locking up opposing guards, uh, but also stroking the three and being a, a good leader as well. So the fact that the Bucks are able to extend this guy uh, really means everything. You know, in giving up the draft capital they did, it was like... You know, three first-rounders, multiple pick swaps. That's like the most 
draft capital I've seen in a long time, maybe outside of those Westbrook Harden deals that have recently gone down. But the Bucks pretty much had no choice but to re-sign Drew Holiday. And the fact that they did means the Bucks' big three is now locked up for the foreseeable future. Uh, you know, we've touched on it time and time again on this podcast, how the Bucks' big three, you know, we really only have, we have essentially one of the top you know, there's only two real big threes in the NBA, you know, maybe barring some player movement here, some player movement there. It's kind of like Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And really, those teams are on a crash course for the Eastern Conference Finals. So it, on the surface, you know, it feels amazing to have Drew Holiday in a Bucks uniform uh, on a bigger, grander scale. Players are willing to play with Giannis. They're willing to come to Milwaukee and put their faith in him. He led the way. You know, Chris Middleton signed an extension. Giannis signed two extensions. Uh, now Drew Holiday signing an extension, and in, in a day and age with all this player movement, when the complete lack of loyalty, a, a lack of continuity hurts teams and franchises, the Bucks are, you know, they've worked really hard to build this team, and now they're going to keep it together for a while. How about you, Al? Yeah, I'm feeling terrific. Uh, the fact that this team has just pretty much said, we're going for it. We're going to try and get the championship. We have the big three inked. Drew Holiday's deal can earn him up to $160 million. But when you broke it down on Ike Bucks, it's not that bad. The Bucks are actually pretty affordable with their contracts on this big three. It's um, There's players that are making far more money, such as Jamal Murray, Ben Simmons, uh Porzingis even, Andrew Wiggins, then Giannis and Drew. So the way the Bucks have been able to assemble this big three that is also going to be there for two or three more years at the championship caliber, if not all of the years of Drew's oh, yeah. contract, um, Bucks fans should be super pumped. Like, you know, now you can rest easy that those five first-round picks weren't just given up and all of a sudden it was going to be like a one-year run and then four years of without first-round picks. At mm-hmm. least now the Bucks will be winning throughout that time. Um, I think it just that the Bucks are that team that people, you know, they, they want to replicate now. Small market yep. somehow drafted their superstar and then was able to sign all their all-stars to their roster. It's going to be fun in Milwaukee and, yeah, you know, I think Drew Holiday is also very happy. I mean, I'd love to see that he said, I'm a buck for life. I mean, how often is that a thing? Well, it's just crazy because I remember watching Drew Holiday in the McDonald's All-American game, you know, 10, 12 years ago. He was just this young, skinny point guard, didn't really have much offense, heading to UCLA, didn't really make too big of a splash there, ended up being a one-and-done into the league with the Sixers, you know, went to New Orleans, then went to Milwaukee. Uh, It's just funny how things end up coming full circle like that where – you know, he's now a buck for life, as he says. We'll see if that, if <laughs> yeah. that remains true. But, you know, I really liked um, what you said about almost like the OKC model. Uh, for years, there was like the OKC model in terms of a, a small market franchise that, that other small market franchises could look to as a model to be competitive that, that isn't just the, the Lakers, the Warriors, and, and teams like that, the Celtics, uh, or the Heat. Um, you know, for so many years, it was OKC, and they did a brilliant job. Sam Presti did a brilliant job, but they, they never really finished the job there. You know, they ended up trading James Harden. Uh, it imploded. Katie and Russell Westbrook ended up, you know, dropping a 3-1 lead to the Golden State Warriors. I mean, think of how different the NBA landscape would have been uh, for years to come if they wouldn't have blown that series. And then they ended up, you know, KD left. 
they ended up shipping off Westbrook. They got Paul George, shipped off him. And, and now the team has plenty of draft picks, but they ultimately fell short of that goal, which is to win uh, the title. And the Bucks, I think that's how they'll be judged. You know, um, John Horst, he's, you know, I, I would say he's, he's far from a perfect GM, but he's exceptionally uh, skilled and deserves a ton of credit for, for locking up this big three, I'll say. He's always been known as a cap yeah. specialist. The Bucks have had a couple issues on that front. But, you know, it's not an easy gig to lock down a big three in the city of Milwaukee. So um, <laughs> shout to John Horst for doing that. You know, shout to the players for being willing to trust the city and, and meet them halfway and trust the franchise. And, and really, this team is going to be judged on, you know, not how many all-star games they win, they go to, not how many, you know, games they sell out or victories or point differentials. They're going to be judged on, do they bring a ring to Milwaukee or not? You know, and it's going to be a pretty uh, black and white frame of reference. You know, maybe there's some fans out there who say, no, I'm not going to judge them on a championship, but I would argue that that's few and far between you know like the bucks have done their share of you know losing going through the dark ages with no plan rebuilding finally with a shred of hope in Giannis, <laughs> losing that you know a lot of hope when jabari parker went down with an acl yeah, and then went Middleton, to the worst team in the league Giannis's rookie year you know and, and here they are we did not come this far to not finish the job so, so kind of building off your point that milwaukee's almost the model right now we want to win that ship so we can be talked about as the model for the end of time and hopefully we win a few of them. You know, Giannis yeah, is looking like he might be, be uh, back-to-back-to-back MVPs. You know, Chris Middleton is just keeps balling. Drew Holiday is just playing the most tenacious on-ball defense we've seen in years of any guard. You know, let this just be an example of effort that every player could put in on the court. I mean, watching Drew play defense harder than the other nine guys on the floor at all times is just such a compliment to his effort level you know i'm not even going to say his character because we know he's a good guy but it's like genuine effort you know like these guys are actually trying out there and i just look like you know we always thought bledsoe was such a great defender but simply from the eye test like he was never guarding guys like drew holiday up in the grill you know bledsoe might have been able to compensate for his shortcomings with his quick twitch athleticism and quickness but he was never given that effort that it takes to be up in the grill of your guy and still, you know, protect against the drive around you. Uh, Drew Holiday is really just showing that, you know, if Bledsoe can earn first team all NBA in defense, like Drew Holiday can win a defensive player of the year award. So really, really, really ecstatic about him, uh, you know, being around. Al, real quick, man, how does the Brooklyn Nets and the Bucks big three stack up, if, if you had to answer that. That's what I was just about to go at. I was just about to say that Drew Holiday, for me, has proven that he can win that matchup against Kyrie Irving. Oh, yeah. Because of his defense and his offense. I mean, some of those buckets he was hitting in the Kings game, like smooth in-between-the-leg step-back jumpers that just look smooth the entire time. It's The guy is extremely skilled. And like you said, he he puts in the effort on defense. So I feel good about him winning that matchup against Kyrie. Middleton, Harden, that's something that would be, uh, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see kind of like a two-man's game then. It's going to be Middleton and Giannis versus Harden and KD, like which duo outperforms the other duo. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I still believe that Chris is the Bucks too. Um and that Drew Holiday is the 
third in the big three, just as Kyrie Irving is the third for Brooklyn. And so, you know, I think that that could go either way. Obviously, when you're stacking up against guys like KD and Harden, it's intimidating. But Giannis is playing the best ball. He just went off for 47 points, dominated against a team that didn't have a big man presence. So um, the Nets, they obviously will have to prove that they can play defense on Giannis. And, uh, but, yeah, I like, the, I like the potential of Chris in the playoffs over Harden, too. So it's, it's definitely like splitting hairs. How do, how do you feel about it? Well, it's like if we look at these players through a different lens, Harden is sizzle and flash, Kyrie is sizzle and flash, and Kevin Durant is sizzle and flash. You know, he, they're the highlight warriors. They're, they're the NBA Twitter. Uh, <laughs> the offensive. Lives. Yeah, the D'Antonio's. Yeah, double exactly. the offense, half the defense. <laughs> well, and it's, it's interesting because the Nets, I believe, their offense is like on pace to be the best of all time, but their defense is on pace to be the worst of all time. So that kind of is, is like I was saying. They're, these guys are the Twitter darlings. You know, the, the guys who are commenting at you like, Oh, Kyrie cold, like Kyrie cold. It's like, yeah, he's cold, but Kyrie's proven he can't win games by himself. You know, so it's like, like you said, Drew Holiday or Kyrie, that's a push. Drew Holiday all day long. Chris Middleton versus James Harden. I mean, look, you could make the case that Harden's better, and, and rightly so, but the fact of the matter is Harden's viewed that way uh, mainly because of his, you know, Twitter perception, his highlights, his his gaudy stat totals that ESPN just loved to you know, run away with. And Chris is like the exact opposite as a player, despite is going 50, 40, it, right? 90. You know, he, he is just as bit, every bit of offensive game as James Harden, even though the two have different styles. Like Chris is much more like Kobe. He's actually got moves. James Harden's a lot of, you know, act for the foul, flop, draw the contact, keep his guy off balance, which is a skill in itself. But, you know, I would argue that Chris has just as much game as James Harden. And a lot of fans might think I'm crazy for saying that, but we're really... I would say, yes, James Harden might outperform Chris on the offensive side, you know, maybe eight out of ten nights. However, Chris can get him if it's a series and he kind of looks to the challenge of that matchup. And we all know Chris is going to be playing a lot more D. And that lends us to the, the final matchup, Giannis versus KD. I mean, KD is literally making headlines for his exchanges with Michael Rappaport. <laughs> I mean, that's like the most pathetic thing I've heard in a long time. You know, and, and, I know. That was just... Just sad, you know. When you look, <laughs> I mean, why are you wasting your guys. time? Yeah, why are you wasting your time on that guy anyway? Yeah, and like, you know, if you saw this, it's uh, like Buck imagine fans. imagine if that was your superstar. I would be embarrassed, frankly. Now that I'm actually reflecting on it, like in the moment, I was kind of a spectator, but I was I was just reflecting on it for the first time, actually a little deeper, and like. Imagine if your best player, like if we're trying to make other people in other markets and even people in this Milwaukee market, Wisconsin sports market, respect the Bucks, and then Giannis went and did something like that, it's like your argument goes, you know, your credibility goes out the window and the credibility yeah. of your player, your franchise. It's like Kevin Durant, a leader. Is a, he's a mercenary, and that's why he's on Brooklyn. Brooklyn knows that. Kevin Durant knows that. The coaching staff knows it. The front office knows it. Like Giannis is what you would call – like, honestly, the face of the franchise, the face of the city, and the leader, like you said. So, you know, KD... I like that mercenary comparison. Absolutely. I mean, Giannis is... He's just a pro's pro, and, and if anything, he leans on the quiet side, and that's why he might not get all the all the NBA Twitter love like Kevin Durant does. You know, like, oh, KD cold, KD cold. It's like, we know KD's cold. But once again, he's never proven he can win anything by himself either. So let's see it in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, let's see it, KD. 
And uh, Giannis has won back-to-back MVPs. He's won a Defensive Player of the Year award. Uh, he continues to get better. He continues to mature as a leader. I mean, you could make an argument that KD's better than Giannis, and I wouldn't even really have to argue with you because you're not exactly making an absurd argument. That's that's pretty fair. But I would say that, you know, Giannis, his combination of offensive and defensive, and, and top of the adversity he's gone through in years past and just failing, they say failure is one of the best teachers, uh, I really think that he can, you know, hang with or outplay Kevin Durant in a series as well. Um, it's just going to be fascinating to watch, much like we, we spoke the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Green Bay Packers NFC Championship game kind of Whoa. foreshadowed that. Well, it's like now we might be doing the same thing with the Bucks and the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Nets, you mentioned it, offensive juggernauts. I just pulled up their uh, PERs just to kind of see what they, I was dealing with because the Nets, uh, they've assembled this roster pretty quickly. Um, so if you don't know, they've got Blake Griffin now. They've got LaMarcus Aldridge. They still have Jared Allen and Joe Harris. or uh, No, they still have Joe Harris. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, essentially, my point was they have three guys. KD, Kyrie, and James Harden all have 28 PERs or higher. That I don't think has ever been done or even close to been done before. And you'd, ha- you'd have to look at like the OKC, um, the OKC trio, but th- that is just eye jumping off of the stats to see three guys on the same roster with 28 PERs. The Bucks are more of a like cohesive roster, and I think that's the, Absolutely. where their strength lies. Where the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, you got Blake Griffin, you got Aldridge. Are these guys really going to win a championship? It's like Blake Griffin hasn't won stuff. Aldridge? I don't think Aldridge has won anything either. No. Um, And now you got these three guys, Kyrie Harden (laughs) and Kevin Durant. I mean, they must just hate each other. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you can imagine this locker room, right? Like, in comes Blake Griffin. God bless Steve Nash. They got got DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, Steve Nash is in there. Just trying to hold it together. (laughs) Joe Harris is like, you know, I'm just going to come in and do my job. Uh, She lights out on threes, hopefully get a max deal. (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 pretty lofty to say that Brooklyn's going to come in and win as quickly as they've been assembled the championship this year. If they do it, then, you know, all hats off to Nash and the leaders. But I, I would say the Bucks right now, I like their chances. I like their chances, too. And you know who you reminded me of is that, the, or sorry, that Lakers team that ended up losing to the Detroit Pistons. They had Kobe and Shaq. And then they ended up bringing in Gary Payton and also Carl Malone. And everyone thought that they were just the shoe-in for the finals. Um, but the Detroit Pistons, Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, uh, I believe Rasheed Wallace and ben Big Wallace. Ben Wallace are on that team. Tayshaun Prince, a lot of NBA legends on that team. One can make an argument that they're built a lot like the Bucks. You know, like a lot of team players, a lot of guys with overlapping, uh, cohesive skill sets. And, you know, that, that Midwestern toughness um it's almost like that's the team that they the nets remind me of just like throwing blake griffin in there like that guy is not exactly a great locker room presence <laughs> no <laughs> it's i mean i mean of a comical roster you know imagine <laughs> if game of zones was still going i uh, yeah would, i mean i'd love have to a see field that. day 
the field day with this Brooklyn team. But I think we can be happy that the Bucks are not in any of that drama. They're rolling right now. Things are looking good. Uh, let's talk about the two recent games, Cage, that the Bucks have kind of just all of a sudden, you mentioned it, they strung three wins in a row especially winning against Sacramento by one point. There's moments where Pat Connington was clutched down the line, hitting free throws, plays where Drew Holiday uh, just made unbelievable points after it was kind of back and forth. Brooke Lopez even with clutch threes and a really good game. What did you think or what is your good Bucks takeaway of these recent games? Yeah, I mean, the good Bucks. I'm just going to say locking up the big three. Obviously, we talked about that earlier, but these recent games, I'm looking at Drew Holiday. Uh, since the All-Star break, you know, he kind of came back, and he's averaging 21 points, five rebounds, six assists in first-team All-NBA defense. You know, that's like an incredible player. Um, I'm looking at guys like DiVincenzo averaging 12 points, eight rebounds since the All-Star break. He's playing really well. Even guys like in the supporting cast getting a little more active. You mentioned Pat, the Nasus, Anadokounmpo. Sam yeah, I love Merrill. Like the Nasus is averaging six points a game out the All Star break in twelve minutes, and yes, we know that he's not going to be playing major minutes for us in the playoffs, or at least, you know, it does not appear that way. <laughs> um, you never know. But it's like almost just like asking these guys to step up, and ultimately, um, yeah. I'm just going to keep it a positive. The team seems to be playing really well, uh, you know, since they had that little hiccup. And, uh, you know, especially Drew Holiday, he's he's kind of leading by example. Everyone is super happy when he got his deal. So I'm going to say locking up the big three is a good, a good Bucks thing for me. Uh, but also, you know, Drew Holiday's individual play in the court. What about you? What's some good Bucks you had? I mean, Drew, that's just all around tremendous Bucks. That play he had, <laughs> <laughs> that, play, that play he had last night, right? So Buddy healed. De'Aaron Fox is driving to the hoop misses the layup, and Buddy Heald comes out of nowhere and slams it as a putback dunk, screams to tie the game at 119 late in the game. And what does Drew Holiday do? How does he respond? He goes and one right after that with a tough layup. And then the next play possession, he scores a late layup late in the clock. And so he, he essentially gives the Bucks a five-point lead at this point. And it was what the Bucks had to hold off the Kings. Um, so that was just really, really good to see the leadership, kind of like what Middleton did in the playoffs where he showed he can win a game. Mm-hmm. That was like Drew Holiday kind of doing that similar thing. Um, uh, and then I have one other good Bucks play. Yeah. And that was against Portland when Giannis made the block on one end, gets the ball, passes, I think, you know, two passes were made down the court. Giannis is running down the court, gets the ball back, and then jumps like Michael Jordan and slams it over Nurkic, who wanted no part of it. I mean, it's just like just mm-hmm. the, that play sequence. You know, that's like a sequence only like LeBron really can do before Giannis came into the league. There's not many players who swat the guy on one end and then fly down the court, jump up, and are going to dunk it on the other end, and guys move out of the way. That's like, it's essentially LeBron and Giannis, and so just just the fact that he's <laughs> Zion, doing those maybe. on... Yeah, Zion. Uh, but, but Zion's th- not really like a contender yet. He's more yeah. just like a spectacle. Yeah, and just, just the fact that he's doing that on a nightly basis almost, and uh, 
getting very little recognition recognition for doing it. Uh, just want to shout out to him. Those are some great bucks, and they're got, rolling right now. Yeah, yeah I, got, got I, got, more? I got one more good bucks, and I'm just going to read off. Uh, I'm looking at the splits since the All-Star game. I'm going to go from the Bucks big. Actually, I'm not even going to do the big three. I'm just going to read off their uh, three-point percentage. First off, Sam Merrill, he's shooting 47% from three since the break. Obviously, he's getting limited minutes, but Sam has a stroke. He almost looks like Corver with that release. Bryn Forbes, he's second on the team. He's shooting 46.2% from three. That's absurd. Brand. Guess who's number three? His Bobby. name is Thanasis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's shooting 45.5% from three since the All-Star break. That is nuts. That is nuts. nuts. Drew Holiday checks in right after Thanasis, shooting 44.3% since the All-Star break. I mean, this man is playing unbelievable. Chris Middleton checks in after him. He's shooting 43% from three. I mean, that's absurd. Jordan Nuora is shooting 43%. Bobby Portis, 39%. Pat Connington, 38.5%. Dante DiVincenzo, 38.5%. Keep in mind, this is all since the All-Star break. And then there's our man Giannis, who is shooting 37.5% from three since the All-Star break and also wow. 80% from the free throw line. Bucks fans, forget everything I said earlier. This is the best, best Bucks I've seen in this podcast segment. Um, that being said, Al, let's talk some bad Bucks. What's, uh, what's some of the Bucks could improve upon? Bad Bucks. Keep it Defensive real with us. Defensive three-point, three-point, uh, team opponent three-point percentage. The Bucks right now ranked 23rd in the NBA. Opponents shoot 37.6%. And why is that concerning? Because that's almost two percentage points more than last year the Bucks averaged. They averaged 35.8% that sh- opponents shot. And essentially the Bucks got bounced early in the playoffs. So they have to be able to defend the three ball. Like the Bucks don't want to get into these games where they're getting killed on the swings. And uh, it's just that same story over and over and over again we talked about it like on like packers like the prevent defense this is almost yeah. like the bucks uh prevent defense that's just getting exploited is these threes and it, there's no reason that they should be in the bottom third of the nba i mean the teams around them right the teams around them that allow the similar three-point percentage you got washington cleveland minnesota sacramento detroit and san antonio so, mm. you know, pretty bad. Really, really poor defensive teams. And so, on the other side, you know, the, that's going to make and break games in the playoffs. So, I'd really like to see them uh, essentially somehow tighten that up. And I think maybe the energy that we're seeing will help that. Like, uh, Tenacious, you know, Forbes, you know, Drew Holiday on defense, everyone just bringing more energy. Yeah, I think that's, you know, but. It's definitely a concerning stat. What do you? What about you? You got any bad bucks? Yeah, I mean that's always been concerning. That's kind of been the, the Achilles' heel. Um, but my bad bucks, just to build off what you're kind of saying, is just the trap games. You know, like whenever the Bucks lose these games, the narrative seems to be, "How come every team shoots their best against us from three? Well, it's like probably because we're not guarding three that well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Bucks. you look at their last three losses, Celtics, Celtics, and Knicks. Or sorry, Celtics, Knicks, and, and Clippers. I Knicks mean, was a bit of a... Yeah, they, you could argue they, they could have beat those teams. Like, maybe not the Clippers. Maybe that's, like, a tough game on the road. But, uh, you know, two teams you, you got to get the win against. And 
you know, I just want to say, like, I don't want the Bucks to be tra- uh, dropping trap games in the playoffs or something. Like, obviously, we lost game one to Orlando last year. That should never in a million years happen. Uh, we ended up losing to the Heat and digging ourselves into a hole early on. We all know how that went. I like to see the Bucks, you know, kind of reduce these uh, these these unforeseen losses. Um, once again, it's not all about the regular season, but you know the, these these habits that they're building will carry with them into the playoffs. So I think that's where my main uh, source of concern is. That being said, you know if you look at the standings, the Milwaukee Bucks are third in the Eastern Conference. Look at the East, though. Talk about a conference that is a three-team race. It's like. Yeah. The 76ers are 34 and 16. The Nets are 34 and 16. The Bucks are 32 and 17. And then in the four spot right now is the Hawks at 26 and 24. That's a 52 winning percentage. And essentially <laughs> four through eight is just garbage. It's a crapshoot. It's a garbage crapshoot. But the Bucks have, like you said, they lost to the Celtics, the Knicks. Yeah. Um, the Heater in that bunch. Uh, these are some te- dangerous teams. You don't want to. You, you essentially, you would rather play two of them, though, than a uh, 76ers or Brooklyn in the second round, which is why the Bucks got to get that first seed in the East because right now the Bucks are slated for a matchup in the second round against the Nets, and going Nets and then Sixers... That's, you know, that's going to be... It's just a tough road. That's a tough road. And then potentially, you know, a West juggernaut. So it's a tough road. Um, Got to get that one seed. What do, you, what do you think about this East cage, this Eastern landscape and how it's shaping up? I think it's more wide open than it's ever been. You know, in previous years, I was honestly horrified of the Celtics, you know, of the Raptors. Maybe even, you know, the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers. I wouldn't say I was actually terrified of them, but... But there was, like, legitimate fear. And then this year, I don't really fear the 76ers. I know they're playing inspired ball under Doc Rivers. Um, I think we got them big time in the talent category. Uh, hopefully we can get the job done. Uh, but really, you know, kind of like we just keep going back to, it's really just a two-team race for me. It's the, it's the Nets, it's the Bucks, And it's the offense versus the defense. You know, the big market versus the small market, the David versus Goliath. The Bucks are actually the number one offensive team in the NBA. In Actually, terms of points. Yeah, yeah, they are averaging 119. Brooklyn's number two, but uh, so it's like battle of the offense juggernauts. Uh, you know, we just, what do I think of the East? I think we need to come out of the East. That's probably the best way I could sum up my thoughts. I don't want to spend any more time not in the NBA Finals. I want to. <laughs> exactly. I want to get to the Finals. If we, if we have to, you know, have some experience there now that we've got the big three locked up and you know, no matter if we win or lose, like we want to bring a championship to the city, but we need to get in the finals in order to give ourselves a chance to do that. That's kind of my conclusion on the East. We just need to come out of it. So, so uh, any final thoughts before we announce the coveted Chris Middleton autographed jersey winner? I would just say the Bucks have really been playing exciting basketball since the All Star break. Like it's been a lot of fun, uh, and. Y- you can feel the energy. It was like Giannis got it going for the Bucks as a team right around the All-Star break where he was starting to kind of lead these that winning streak. And then uh, since then, you know, Tenacious having on games against the Knicks, other players stepping up, the Drew Holiday signing, bringing in Jeff Teague. You know, there's some excitement around this team, making moves, still adjusting the roster. So I think, you know, Bucks fans... 
this is a good time to, you know, get your jerseys, get them right, because this team is built for the postseason. KJ, maybe maybe now is when you want to announce the winner of the signed Chris Middleton jersey. Absolutely. So, you know, we love giving away stuff that you guys are actually going to want. And we've done, you know, Giannis jerseys. We've done autographed Giannis jerseys. We've done autographed basketballs signed by the team. Uh, but we'd never really done anything for Chris Middleton before, and he's kind of that unsung, uh, really just sidekick to Giannis. You know, his dirty work goes unnoticed. He's won clutch games for us. He's hit big shots for us. He's demonstrated loyalty to, to the franchise. Signed first. Absolutely, he signed. Uh, and, and really, you know, that's why we're so excited to be giving away this autographed Chris Middleton jersey, kind of shine a little spotlight on Chris, that team's unsung hero. And we had so many... Um, you know, people send us a message interested in the jersey, really overwhelmed with the love we've we've seen there, uh, really overwhelmed with the love we've seen from the podcast. And if you don't win, Bucks fans, I just want to prelude this by saying if you don't win, do not get discouraged. We have many more contests yes. still to be run, still to be uh still to become. Um but but really like I was saying earlier, we want to give away got stuff that you guys are going to find cool and stuff that's actually desirable and, and things that you guys are going to want. So, so that's why we wanted to give away the cool stuff like the Drew Holiday jersey. Um, so much love. Uh, just Chris thank- Middleton. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Chris Middleton jersey. You got some insider news. So much, uh, so much love. But, but really, um, I just want to thank everyone for who participated. And without further ado, the winner of the autographed Chris Middleton Nike box jersey is Amazon FC Dane at Dane Mickelson. Dane, congratulations. Woo! You've won an autographed Chris Middleton Nike jersey. Send us a DM with your shipping info, and we will get this right to you. Bucks fans, like I said, do not get discouraged if you didn't win. The good news is, is if you head over to Ike Brewers right now on Twitter, Ike Brewers Podcast, at Ike underscore Brewers, we actually have a very exciting dual giveaway running right now. Cool items only. So, Definitely check that out. Do not get discouraged. More Bucks giveaways yeah. to come. You know, a lot of cool stuff on the horizon with Ike to come. Uh, such words as, for Dane. Yeah, I mean, such as uh, this series that we're about to, uh, you know, kick off on Ike Badgers. You know, I don't know if there's any Badger fans out there. Al, you want to maybe give them a little teaser? Absolutely. Uh, for Badgers fans, we sat down with 12 different players over 12 weeks and ranging from NFL talent to guys preparing through draft process, as well as exciting starting talent on the Wisconsin Badgers football team today. And, you know, really had a great conversation with them. I've uh, learned a lot from listening to KJ do the interviews. It's been really rewarding to learn about the team, learn about the things they do, how they communicate what they're reading right now, what the team activities are, who they listen to, uh, and who they, you know, what they're working on to get better. And the whole process has been really revealing, really rewarding. And so I could not be any more excited than to share it uh, with everybody. It's going to be coming out uh, very real soon. soon, real soon. Uh, make sure to subscribe. We've got a couple of awesome giveaways uh, to coincide with this series, and it's going to run for three months. So it's going to be 
once a week for three months, new player every week, including an NFL Pro Bowler, Joe Schobert. It's going to be awesome. Definitely make your way over there. But I got final words for Dane. Yeah. Who won this Chris Middleton signed jersey. Uh, Dane, you know, it's a money addition. And let's not forget that Chris Middleton inked his money with Milwaukee when all those rumors were going around that he was going to go to the Lakers. Remember? The Lakers were showing up as, like, the favorites to land Chris Middleton. Like, all these teams, the same thing, were trying to get him out of Milwaukee. Their sources must have been Malik Landers. (laughs) But Chris Middleton was not going anywhere. He he essentially was the, the first piece to fall in order to land the Giannis, to land the Drew, to set the Bucks up in this position now to make a run for four or five years. So um, really cool jersey, really happy for you. And, you know, you can rep that with pride for forever. So, yeah. So uh, I just want to thank everyone for participating. You know, like we mentioned, uh, really exciting stuff going on with Ike Brewers right now. We got some insane stuff coming up with Ike Badgers. Uh, absolutely don't sleep on Ike Packers either. You know, welcome to Ike if if you want to branch out and see what Ike is all about uh, outside of the sports, branding for the future. Um, we have tons of good stuff. Just search Ike, really, on the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, wherever you guys listen. Um, you know, tons of great stuff over there. So I just want to thank everyone for listening, Bucks fans. We want to thank you for tuning in with us, joining us today for this episode. Um, you know, we, you guys are really uh, the reason why we do this. We're thankful for you guys, Wisconsin, uh, the Wisconsin sports community, and, and those people who live all across the country, all across the state, all across the world. Like, you guys are really the reason why we do this and, and kind of keep inspiring us to keep going. So there's a lot of excitement in, in the sports future here, and uh, we're excited to keep delivering it to you. I want to thank Alex for joining us. Al, any final thoughts? I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, It's been really fun to come on the podcast again and talk about this team. It's been a long time. Very excited. But, of course, all eyes on the finals. KJ, thanks again. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Bucks fans. Without further ado, we'll catch you next time.